Blog Talk Radio. celebration for 2012, and we wish you all a healthy and prosperous New Year for 2013. Uh, Indeed, this is our 83rd show since the start of our first broadcast some three years ago back in 2010, and I'm extremely excited uh, to be with you this evening. It's been a a few weeks, as a matter of fact, about a month or so since we last uh, aired, and Indeed, we're very happy to be back at the beginning of this year for our first uh, Sunday uh, of the year of 2013, and we look forward to continuing this uh, presence for um, 2013 and many more years to come. Uh, Before I begin, and I must bear uh, witness and acknowledge the Most High and our ancestors, our guardians, and... uh, the spirit of our ancestors, the spirit of our elders, and uh, indeed I appreciate and and honor uh, the essence of my wife, who happens to be with me right now this evening. She just stepped into the studio. And how are you doing, hon? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's really a, a pleasure to have you with me this evening, uh, especially as we uh, uh, retool the uh, the broadcasts and. And start off the year of 2013. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to the show. Ah, absolutely. Yes, it's, it's proven to be, will prove to be a very interesting show. Uh, indeed, uh, this evening's show will be focusing on uh, a good brother, uh, a doctor, uh, Naeem uh, Akbar. And I featured him in the past, a couple of years ago. Uh, he... Uh, uh, is a very renowned uh, uh, psychiatrist, and psychologist, actually, um, and, and it's a f- professor uh, who goes back uh, uh, many years starting off as a clinical uh, psychologist at Florida State University. And he's a prominent lecturer and, and recognized expert on psychology of African Americans. Uh, Dr. Akbar is a graduate of the University of Michigan and has served as a professor of psychology at Morehouse College and at Norfolk State University. The book that I'm reviewing this evening, and, and this is the topic of discussion,
discussion will be centered around the community of self. That's the title of the book. And it's uh, Dr. Akbar's fifth book related to the issues of a holistic human psychology and an increased understanding of the African-American experience from an Islamic and an Afrocentric perspective. And I must add, though, as, as the title of my show indicates, this is grassroots holistic health um, broadcast. The theme is centered on holistic health, and that's uh, coming from a, a holistic perspective dealing with mind, body, and spirit. And I must say that grassroots was uh, grassroots holistic health was created to discuss basically not just African Americans but all ethnic groups, coming from you know a global perspective, basically geared to discuss the global healing of the world. Uh, and me as your host. I I know that this is something that cannot be done, you know, in just one show or even a thousand shows or more, because you have so many perspectives, if you will, so many different realities. But I hope that in my humble effort that I can at least reach one person, if not many people, to touch them in a way in which they can be light givers and, and purveyors and teachers and sharing this information that I share and teach on my show. Uh, so, without any further ado, this is a half-an-hour show this week, and we're going to extend it uh, beginning in the near future to a hour-long show. And I just want to just uh, touch upon what I just mentioned in terms of uh, those of us who recently celebrated Kwanzaa, understanding that it's all about the community, a collective effort, effort rather, through the essence of unity and, and self-empowerment. Uh, so, let's just dive right into the, the book that I'm reviewing and, and just the teachings and and share with you some of my input in, in, uh, about the concept of community of self. Uh, it's somewhat of a, it was written actually in the, in the perspective that one finds within any community and, uh, and as a specialist that Dr. Naeem is, that he performs certain important functions for the benefit of the whole community, each and every one of us. And that's basically the road to inner peace, which is the same road to outer peace. And such peace is acquired by harmonious cooperation of these members within the various communities, usually under a leadership for a common good. So Naeem, he goes on to state that among the earliest citizens in the self-community, uh, we are dealing with the drives, or if not the drives, what he calls instincts. And they are called drives because they are movers of the self. They are sometimes called instincts because people are born with these drives and certain instincts. And drives are not taught, basically, and through the object of goal of the drives, it is learned by individuals, by man and woman. He also states that all of these drives can be included under two major types of classes, and one type of drive is movement towards what gives pleasure or satisfies one needs. And the other drive is the reverse, in that it moves one away from what causes pain or dissatisfaction. 
And these drives are the mental spokesman for the physical body and its needs. And these things necessary for the physical survival require mental representation. Food, for example. Food is necessary for man's physical survival. So food brings pleasure or satisfaction to a hungry man. So he is attracted to food. And hunger causes pain or dissatisfaction. So the person is driven away from the conditions that cause hunger, i.e. an empty stomach. And anything that comes, uh, or should I say anything that causes damage to the physical uh, borders of the self is experienced as painful. So we have here, as Naeem explains, all the potentially damaging aspects to a physical parts of the self when we lack food. And with such threats, uh, when you're threatened with that to the physical self, and when that becomes present and obvious, the entire community becomes immediately motivated for fight or flight. And the entire physical self and mental self is altered by such threats. The memory, the reasoning, senses, the ego, all that focuses on their specialized capacities, on the threat. And that brings me to mind, though, in terms of the concept of community. I know that going back in years uh, when I was a young boy that um, I had the sense of community when I lived in Harlem. Uh, I was raised in Virginia, born in Virginia, but raised in Harlem. And there was always a sense of community. I know that uh, whenever I visited a friend's home, the first thing that was asked of me was, Wesley, did, did you have lunch? Did you have breakfast? Did you have dinner? Would you like something to eat? You know, and, and that was something that was very common. You had this sense of community. And I realized later on that that was an African tradition, that every community looked as a child as if it was a child of the community, not just uh, Anne Gray's son, Wesley. No, this was Wesley, our son, our surrogate son. And it behooved us to make sure that he was not in need at least within the capacity in which we were able to satisfy that need. And um, uh, no question about it, that sense of community has been lost in various uh, villages of the African-American here throughout the United States. So hopefully shows like this can reverse that trend, reverse that tendency, reverse that um, uh, social phenomenon so that we can go back we can go back to the the ways that were. We can have Sankofa. We can we can turn back to where we where we came from, which is a healthy state. So Naim he goes into state that yes, memory of previous dangers and previously dangerous situations and people can set off the same threat avoidance alarm as occurs when the real danger is present, and this causes anxiety and fear. And very often we are nervous and anxious simply because we are in the presence of a person or a situation which was threatening at some other time. And anything present when we experience pleasure can become pleasurable. We then learn to seek anything that may be brought, uh, purchased, and bringing pleasure to us, especially in terms of hiding the past. And money is not directly pleasurable, but because it provides for many physical pleasures, most people are driven to acquire money. And I dare say that I, 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 I can recognize uh, myself and, and, and my wife and I often discuss this, 
we have in our circle of, of family and friends and associates, those who have come upon money or are making a lot of money, and they use that money to satisfy the way of eliminating pain through drugs, through food, through various means which are not really helpful. And um, that's something that we will discuss uh today, or this evening rather, and, and next week, the next couple of weeks that we cover this book, that uh, one has to be very cognizant and very uh, uh, mindful of how you can fall into this, uh, this state of trying to eliminate pain by substituting that pain with pleasure, and that pleasure mode may not be the healthy mode for you to be involved with. So I'm going to take a short break for a moment, and I'll be back with you in a moment. And uh, please stay tuned. Okay, yes, I'm back, and um, I, I want to discontinue this, this uh, train of thought regarding pleasure and pain. Uh, indeed, just ending the holiday season of uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa, and the New Year's Eve celebrations, a lot of us have uh, indulged in uh, eating a lot of food, gaining weight, and, and of course now we're making resol- resolutions to lose the weight that we've gained. <laughs> and also to uh, stop doing things that we know that are not healthy for us. And uh, I would say that starting this year of 2013, this is something to really be very much in tune with because there is this new um, energy, this new awareness that many people are feeling. And it doesn't require any um, introspection relative to your religion uh, whatever orientation that you may be following. Uh, it's just a, throughout the, uh, the world, for that matter, uh, many people are now changing the way in which they perceive themselves, in which they perceive the world at large. And with optimism, I may add, uh, you know, this is something that I'm very optimistic about, that uh, we cannot continue to do the same thing that we used to do, expecting different results. So we recognize the fact that, yes, we need to, uh, most of all, deal with taking care of ourselves and dealing with the community of self before we can deal with the community outside of self. And uh, so I think that starts with food. You know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, what is the first thing we do with the newborn? We want to nurture it and nourish it with proper 
um, food, and because we know, especially at that young age, that it's it's uh, very important that we uh, have a regiment that is uh, consistent and of high order in terms of the type of food that that baby is consuming. And of course, we tend to think it's not that important as we get older. But no, indeed, um, as my wife and I speak about quite often, as we run in the park and exercise, you know, I, I've been running for some 30 years, and one of the adages was, uh, that really struck me and made sense to me was the expression that the body keeps score. So, uh, indeed, we need to always be mindful of the fact that what we eat is so important in terms of how we uh, condition our body to be healthy and to maintain its health. So uh, memory of pre previous uh, uh, experiences within the African community have taught us that, indeed, we need to be mindful of how we uh, associate ourselves with others in our communities. And uh, if they're not living a healthy life uh, lifestyle, that we need to share with them whatever we know to be proper and healthy, and if, of course, they, if they don't want to embrace it, then we, we move on. Uh, Naeem talks about uh, rulership by the drives that can be very limiting because the person is, be, is bound by physical pleasures and pain. If a man is defined as mine, the person ruled by demands of the body is not a man. So he states that senses in the self-community, almost at the time of birth, the person begins to establish contact with the outer world by way of the body's windows known as the senses. The senses are another very important part of the community of self. Sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch are the channels through which the self receives messages from the outer world. And without these windows into the world, the community of self would be locked behind a wall of darkness, silence, and complete isolation from the beautiful and informative physical world which surrounds us. The senses are to the community of self what communication is to the communities of people. It is the basis of contact. And without such contact, there could be no exchange. There would be no growth within the community. So senses add to, to the drives of the direction of proper physical maintenance. They orient us towards the, those objects which satisfy the drives, and they also provide windows into the divine relationship between the inner life of the self-community and the outer world. It is through these senses that man can gain some satisfaction by the sensory relationship between inner needs and outer objects. And these inner needs may emulate from the body and other parts of the mind's community. So the process of the physical world are also a source of instruction for the development of inner life. An observation of these processes is an essential part of learning these processes and making them a part of our growth. So there is no doubt that the senses are a critical part of the community of self. But if the community of self relies on the senses of the rule of the self, then the self will suffer. The senses give only incomplete information about things, and often that which appeals to the senses might endanger the self-community. So total reliance on the senses for direction of self-community can be quite destructive to the self, and the senses often deceive and 
in that they only provide surface information about the environment, and the senses are ineffective in making judgments of the world and are equipped to guide only by impression, and even those impressions are often shaped by the outer parts of the mind's community. We must conclude that the senses are an important part of the community, but they make a poor ruler over the self. And I, I just had to think as I was reading this uh, and, and quoting Dr. Naeem Akbar that from my, my, my observation and studies, and, and indeed as I've shared with my wife with her uh, dynamic uh, show, that uh, we're dealing, we're conditioned to deal with limited senses. We're, uh, was it five sensory orientation? But there's this, an expression called multisensory, which many of us are not aware of. And once we start delving within to the possibilities of the reality of multisensory, then you open up a whole nother perspective, a whole nother area of possibilities. And that gets into the metaphysical, that gets into the, uh, the higher self, the ascending levels of spirituality, which is what I would hope to be able to humbly share through my show, and then, of course, I encourage you to, to listen to my wife's show, uh, Queen Mother Spirit Change. Uh, she has a dynamic show every Saturday morning. And if you are friends of mine on Facebook, uh, you can just uh, go to my page to keep abreast of her show. And she and I both have a, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, uh, joy and discussion of, of the dynamics of multi-sensory consciousness and perception. So, in all due respect, uh, Dr. Naeem Akbar, uh, he is a Ph.D. In, in, in the area of psychology, and uh, indeed there's quite a bit of knowledge that I've learned from reading his books and from uh, looking at his uh, video uh, uh, YouTube broad, uh, broadcasts. And uh, I encourage all of you to do the same because there's such a wealth of information. And, of course, this is not, a, a, I would say, a cookie-cutter uh, type of scenario where one concept, you know, can fit all, you know, in terms of your reality. We all have different realities and different ways of looking through the same, uh, at the same uh, idea and thought. They're different prisms. However, light is light. Truth is truth. Reality is reality. And spirit is spirit. So, again, not to be redundant, but multi-sensory is something that I think that we can uh, take and, 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 and have a concept, uh, if you will, a paradigm shift of reasoning and understanding of reality once we realize that there's a, a, a such thing as uh, intuitiveness, uh, uh, there's such things as clairvoyance, uh, being an empath, being able to trust your instincts. There's no such thing as accidents. There's no such thing as a coincidence. All of these things assist us through the process of healing, assist us through the process of dealing with pain and whatever discomfort that we might be going through in terms of delving into those areas. So uh, without any, any further ado, I know we're about to uh, end uh, the half hour, but I just wanted to ask my wife if she had anything to share. If not, we can continue next week. Uh, but uh, indeed, 
I'm so excited when she touches upon multisensory. Do you have any any thoughts? My thought for tonight, well, my continuing thought actually, is to become multisensory individuals. We have to use the tools. My husband and I, my husband and I, always talk about the tools: prayer, ah. meditation, visualization, affirmation. Because once you're able to fully understand the tools, use them regularly in your life, you'll find out that you are able to easier, more easily dialogue with spirit, and mm. that's how you propel yourself to becoming multisensory. Well said. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's so profound. Yes, using the tools. And those tools, we all have those tools. And as I always mention as an interfaith minister, that um, regardless of your uh, religious orientation, your, your spiritual path, that we all have some type of tools in which we've been using to get to the point that we're at. And as uh, my wife mentioned, prayer and meditation can be so profound when we keep in mind that uh, these portals that may be dormant in terms of multisensory perception and awareness can be opened and, and revealed. So uh, I, I want to thank all of you for tuning in uh, this evening. And those of you who will be uh, accessing the show through the archives, I encourage you to share uh, with, you, with your friends and family uh, what we're uh, sharing with you this evening and on future shows. So, as I mentioned before, many of us have celebrated Kwanzaa last month. Uh, and I recommend to those of you who do not have an African drum at home to consider purchasing one at our, our website uh, the website is drumsofchange.com, and they're priced below retail market value. As a matter of fact, some as low as $19, uh, and some including free shipping and handling. You can also see a video of me drumming at President Obama's first inauguration back in January of 2009. Needless to say, it was an awesome experience, and I'm sure that you will enjoy this short 15-minute YouTube clip as I explained why I had to be there with the drum. And, uh, again, uh, I look forward to uh, sharing more with you uh, about the book titled Community of Self by Dr. Naeem Akbar. Uh, we need to restore our communities and to understand and develop our communities of self. We need assistance and the correction and the connection. Uh, we're dealing with some serious problems in our psychology, our collective psychology, our education, our economics, our families, and our religious thinking. And uh, the community of self, it is my desire that community of self addresses all of these areas uh, in our next couple of shows. And that I just want you to know that it's intended to provoke thought and action. Action in, in terms of uh, to stimulate uh, the improvement and understanding of who we are as a people. And when I say as a people, a people of humanity throughout the world not just us as African-Americans or people of African descent, because we are all here and our potential is to become something viable to the world as we have been before we were um, brought here uh, from various parts of, uh, of the world community and indeed those of us who recognize that we have been incarnated time and time again to come back to this earth school so that we can learn what we need to learn 
so that we can ascend and so we can help each other to learn because we all are teachers in each and every uh, in our own rights. Each one, each one, teach one. So, again, I thank you for uh, tuning in this evening. I thank you for accessing our archives. And as I begin, I end by giving thanks uh, to the One Most High. Um, yes, indeed, God, we give this evening to you, and may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, Please enter where you already abide, and may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. And we surrender to you our doings this evening. We ask only that they serve you and the healing of the world, and may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. So I bid thee good evening. Alafia Hetepu, all my relations, peace and love, and abundant blessings.